Legal discussion on Tip Today is brought to you in association with Lynch Solicitors Clan Mel on the web at lynchsolicitors.ie and at divorceinireland.com. Gillian O'Mahony from Lynch Solicitors uh, joins me in the studio. Good morning to you, Gillian. Good morning, Fran. Good to see you today. You're going to tell us about something that sort of came up with uh, John a couple of weeks ago, which is this vaginal mess, uh, mesh, mess is the right word, uh, mesh controversy that's, that's happening. Will you tell us a little bit about this? Did it begin in Australia? Well, I suppose, yes, there, it, it's hit the media recently because there has been a class action in Australia in which 1,200 women have won a case against Johnson & Johnson and they were the manufacturers of these meshes. It might be useful, as perhaps for your listeners, if I was to Just explain to tell us what, firstly, it is. what yeah. these implants are. Mm. So these meshes were used, are used or have been used to treat stress incontinence in women and that's a condition whereby women can leak from their bladder when doing activities such as running, jumping, coughing, sneezing. It's very, it's a com- it's very common in women after childbirth and also um, during the menopause. These meshes are also used um, to treat women suffering from pelvic organ prolapse. And again, this is a condition which, which affects quite an amount of women who've had children. And it is when a pelvic organ, organ such as the bladder, the uterus sags and moves out of place. The doctors then put in which a mesh So the aim of the mesh is to give permanent support to the organs. The mesh is implanted. It's a gauze-like material Mm -hmm. and it's put in, it's permanent and the aim is, I suppose, that your own tissue will grow around it and it will give permanent support to to those organs. And as it turns out, that growing around it became part of the issue, didn't it? Indeed, indeed, indeed. Where, Where did it begin to go wrong then? Well, as the meshes became more widely used, um, a lot of women started to come forward suffering complications. It started in the US in 2012. The the US um, designated these devices, these meshes, as a high-risk device. And there, I suppose thereafter, a number of class actions started in the US. The complaints, women were complaining with um, a lot of pain, incontinence, um, back pain, leg pain, scarring, fistula formation. So um, that were abnormal growths and where the, the gauze, the mesh was digging in internally. Then, so there was a number of actions in the US which were successful against Johnson & Johnson and other companies. Johnson & Johnson are not the only manufacturers. We then had a big class action in Australia and I suppose that's very relevant to us because Australia is um, operates in a common law system so our legal systems would be very similar. similar. Yeah, yes. So I suppose that's why we're very interested in the Australian verdict mm. and in that case 1200 women brought a class action which you can do in Australia you can't obviously do that here they brought a class action against um, Johnson & Johnson after they experienced severe pain, injuries, etc. And they were successful. And, and not only successful, but the verdict was very damning, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. The judge, when giving her, I suppose, her judgment, when I read through it, she said that there was overwhelming, the evidence against the companies was overwhelming and the women had experienced disastrous results. She slammed, I suppose slammed is the right word, she slammed Johnson & Johnson and said that there was very little evidence supporting their safe use. She said that they had minimised their complications for years. They had no regret for risk management and they, in fact they felt it was a box ticking exercises, exercise and they failed post-marketing monitoring despite growing evidence of serious injuries to women. What about compensation then? 
So the decision was delivered there recently in Australia and um, she found that the devices were defective, which was very important. And she found that there was a risk of significant complications. So she delivered a very lengthy and um, damning judgment. And the issue of compensation has been adjourned to February. So obviously these women are going to get compensation but the precise amount we won't know Mm. until February. How widespread then here in Ireland was the use of vaginal mesh? Yes, we know that they we know that there was essentially three companies uh, making them here in Ireland and we know we do know that they were widespread, you know, the use of them. We have quite a number of clients in the context of, you know, I suppose this controversy who received them and who suffered, you know, complications. We do also know that the HSE has, I suppose, issued a circular as such, requesting that the use of them would be paused since mid-2018. But, I mean, we have some clients who are only recently learning, you know, that the problems that they have sustained are as a result of these meshes. They would be prescribed by a consultant or a GP or how does it, that it work? Would, it would be a hospital, a yes. Hospital. It would be done through, you know, by, I suppose, a uro- urologist or a gynecologist. Mm. I'm not in, entirely mm. sure who would be insert- doing them. Um, now, I'm obviously not a medical person, but from reading up on it, I know that they were done essentially through keyhole surgery. Mm. It was an, a straightforward procedure, a day procedure, and, you know, done done mm. very quickly. People were released on the same day normally. I suppose it does beg the question, Gillian, can they be removed? That, I suppose, they're, they're designed, my understanding is that they're designed to be permanent. Yes. So the tissue grows, grows in around them. So... They can be removed, but it's a very difficult, painful surgery. And that has been an issue for many of the women I've spoken to in that the follow-up care, the procedure of having them removed, you know, right. it's it's not straightforward. Does it interfere with fertility in some it, it, I suppose, fertility, I'm not sure, but, you know, it interferes with intercourse, painful intercourse, um, incontinence, back pain, leg pain. You know, they're, they're the typical complaints that I have come across. Right. Um, how are we dealing with it here? Is, I mean, when we look back at how we've dealt with women's issues over the time, I mean, it's not that we should be proud of. How are we dealing with this? Well, what I suppose the, there, there is a lot of criticism as to the way it's been dealt with. There is essentially a pause button on the use of them at the moment. Um, there, the HSE issued a circular notice to hospitals and it referred to the controversy about the use of them. And the notice did also acknowledge that there's, I suppose, a lot of the dissatisfaction at the moment is the difficulty in accessing services where complications develop. So that's a lot of the issues at the moment where people have, you know, the, the follow-up, they have complications, but they're they're meeting walls, you know, right. trying to deal with their complications. How, how big is this going to go? We don't know yet. Right. But there is also, I suppose, having reading up on this and researching, there's also the suggestion that they may have been used in non-female surgeries such as hernia. And I suppose that's emerging in the US at the moment. Right. So that could be a whole other... Dimension to yes, this. yes, yes, possibly. Isn't that incredible altogether? All right. If people out there have concerns about this in some way, Gillian, can they talk to you? Yes, absolutely. And I suppose their first protocol should be their, you know, their their treating doctors, mm. you know, their medical condition is the most important thing. But absolutely, we're acting for quite a num- number of women who are affected by right. this. And absolutely, if they want to give us a call, we'd be happy to talk to them. Right. Now, my understanding is that you can't have a class action here. 
No, absolutely not. Every case stands on its own merit. So while in, you know, many jurisdictions such as the US and Australia, it's class action. Here, every case, sta- every case is an individual right. case and stands on its own merits. And still, my understanding from John is that with the the hip um, situation, there's a kind of a class action. Is there a kind of a where you can represent a number of people? Well, you can represent a number of people. You can obviously you can represent, you know, a whole body of clients. But again, each case is an individual case. Yes. You have to issue proceedings you know, in each individual case. Right. And of course, this will affect everybody differently, I suppose, to some degree. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. This was not a contraception device in any way. No, 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 no. It is used to treat incontinence, um, bladder leakage and um, pelvic organ prolapse. So, no, nothing to do with contraception. All right. Again, if people want to talk to you, that that phone number again is? 052-6124344. All right, okay. Listen, good to talk to you today, Gillian. Thanks very much Thank indeed you, Fran. for coming into us. That's uh, Gillian from Lynch Solicitors in uh, Clonmel.